0: This episode is made possible by PwC. When you bring together human ingenuity, passion, and experience with the latest technology, the future starts to look a whole lot smarter, which is why The New Equation is meeting the future of work today with ProEdge. Digitally upskill your entire organization to keep ahead of the curve and drive growth. Learn more at thenewequation.com.
1: On another exciting entry of Animation Deliberation, Harley Quinn Season 3 has debuted on HBO Max. The first three episodes are available now and we're going to discuss those right after some ads we have no say over whatsoever.
0: This episode is made possible by PWC. When you bring together human ingenuity, passion and experience with the latest technology, the future starts to look a whole lot smarter. Which is why the new equation is meeting the future of work today with ProEdge. Digitally upskill your entire organization to keep ahead of the curve and drive growth. Learn more at thenewequation.com.
1: Sing along if you know the words. A One, two, three, it's time for Animation Deliberation. A conversation and a celebration of our favorite action animated series. Yeah. Yeah, Mr. J. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Welcome back to Animation Deliberation, the podcast that takes action, animation, and cartoons seriously, but not too seriously, obviously. Uh, my name is Jay Scotty St. Clair.
2: Never too seriously by Zuhair Ali. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and, you know, a little too serious sometimes with Andrew Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's going on, guys?
1: How are we doing this week?
2: Doing great. Um had a exhausting vacation with an exhausting week of work, with an exhausting day at Bush Gardens, and finally a relaxing day with just my butt in a chair. Talking to you wonderful fellows and just watching TV. I love it.
1: Very nice, Bush Gardens Williamsburg. Yep, hell yeah, very nice. It's a great park.
2: Hour drive compared to twelve hour drive. Yeah, Williamsburg <laughs>
1: <laughs> for sure. That makes sense. How about you, Andrew? What's going on? How are you getting settled in there?
3: Ah, uh, things are doing great. I had a friend visit. It was it was a nice, fun, relaxing party bit of a weekend, but I, I agree having Harley Quinn to just kind of unwind with today was a nice chuckle, not have to seriously watch the TV. It was just, it was a good way to end off the weekend. So I'm, I'm doing great as well. Oh yeah. What'd you Glad get up to, to Jay Scotty? I feel like we don't ask you enough.
1: Oh no, it's, it's all good. It's been um, a busy week. I've had a few logistical things in the works, um, taking on more responsibilities at this job opportunity that I have. That's worth mentioning. I actually just got word before we got on here to record while I was finishing up my rewatch of Harley Quinn. Uh, I will be attending the Anime Expo for Crunchyroll, the Crunchyroll Expo on Friday. I got a pass press to attend that, so I'm very excited to attend that. With that in mind, I invite both of you and the listeners, if you have any specific stops you want me to make or flag any cosplayers down or ask any questions please let me know i'll be doing that on friday august 5th
2: i mean i've spoken plenty about my mount rushmore so anything dragon ball z naruto demon slayer or uh my hero related definitely bound for uh especially okay. with the type of uh, spy family that'll be the honorable mention
3: right on my question is just who are you cosplaying as when you go or ooh, that's that's uh hmm hmm
1: I have to do something that's not doesn't require a lot of preparation. Hmm, and I would prefer to not have to shave if possible. Just get a
2: my hair Academia, like the tracksuit.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. I was thinking um, you
2: could be hero from One C.
1: <laughs> maybe I could be present, Mike.
3: Ooh, I just have to like gel up my hair like to the extreme. I feel like you could pull that off.
1: Okay. I'm
3: already planning out my cosplays for now that I have access to conventions and stuff. So I'm I'm ready to go. So I figured I had to ask if you were doing something fun.
1: Hell yeah. Yeah. And I'll have to squeeze in at least a couple episodes of Spy X Family before I go, just because you guys have been singing its praises for so long. I've been seeing it on Hulu. I guess I was just kind of like holding out hope that the dub would come out sooner rather than later, but uh, I might just have to take the plunge. I always enjoy the, the sub anyway, but
2: hey, man, my anime references don't come lightly. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Um, other than that, I will let the listeners know I did have the opportunity to see DC's League of Super Pets. Uh, I was going to provide a quick non-spoiler review, but I know Zuhair in particular does not want anything said, so he's going to remove his headphones at this time, and I will give him the thumbs thumbs up when I am done. So I mean, all I can all I can do is sing this movie's praises. I went in with pretty tempered expectations. I'm not the biggest fan of The Rock historically. I mean, he's had some good movies. His team-ups with Kevin Hart have been kind of hit or miss for me, but this was just a phenomenal summer movie. It's saying something when I enjoyed this movie more than I enjoyed Thor Love and Thunder, as well as Lightyear, surprisingly. I never could have told you that. My expectations for this movie were not that great, but it, it delivers on all fronts. The voice acting, the jokes, it's... There's humor there for adults and kids alike. It's got a lot of heart. It's a great story there. And if you're a DC fan, it's just peppered with references and jokes out the wazoo. So run out to your local theater, support this movie, and hopefully we can get a sequel. And I invite everyone that's listening right now, if you've seen the movie and want to submit your feedback, do so at animationdeliberationpodcast at gmail.com. And that's all I will say at this point in time. But I look forward to when you guys have seen it and then we can all talk about it. And that's all I will say. So moving (laughs) on. Enough of the DC dogs. That's right. That's right. Uh, we are here to talk about the Femme Fatales of DC and Harley Quinn Season three, first three episodes. Uh, before we get into like each episode individually, did you guys just want to offer some like quick non-spoiler thoughts about what you thought about how the season kicked off? I'm
2: going to get my negative out of the way. It's something that I've expressed for the last two seasons as well. And it's like, it's not a bingeable show for me. Hmm. uh it's one of those things that is a very specific type of humor and one that like requires a certain level of attention that like i can't watch too many episodes at once and that's why i like that this is a weekly thing uh so i was finishing up my watch of season two while starting my watch season three today so it was one of those ones like i really had to take a break in between because it was just a lot at once so that's the only gripe i have for it like it is a very intelligent show uh for people who watch any form of dc like there's something that it makes fun of but also like acknowledges in a fun way like not even in a negative way it's just if it's one of those things like if you know you know whether it be something from comics whether it be something from an animated show or an animated movie or one of the live action movies like it really makes fun of itself in the funnest ways it does have a consistent story and arc you know with season two and three there's something that's going towards Mm -hmm. it's episodic like in the best ways where there is a goal but there's like a little thing that they go on for it you know it's its own episode uh so Mm -hmm. overall like it's still it manages to just be very funny great dialogue uh the action is just incredible like their animation budget is clearly going up every time and that hbo Mm -hmm. money is wonderful for them uh so yeah just great show i'm excited to just watch it on a weekly basis and not have to worry about the binge anymore and yeah, I'm. I'm glad that season three is keeping up with the hype.
3: Word, awesome. How about you, Andrew? What are you? What are your thoughts? Interestingly, I wasn't going to bring this up, but I almost feel the opposite. Like I think this is more of a bingeable show for me a price, a price. than a weekly thing. You know, I love you, but we're too different. <laughs> it's it's too much of the same sometimes. I could change it up, but no, I I agree with everything you said. the The action's been great. I feel like they really up the ante with the gore and the like how far they can push the envelope with some things this season. And it's mm. really interesting that that's the first three episodes. I feel like they are going further than they did. So I'm mm. really curious where it's going to go from here. It's it's been a lot of fun and I was reminded exactly how off the walls this was because I was talking to my girlfriend about this last night. Cause she has not seen a single episode. She's like, Oh, what are you covering on the podcast? And I had to try and describe in words, like what the show was compared to normal Batman and DC things mm-hmm. and not being able to describe. I'm like, you just have to watch because it's too bizarre to put into words how zany and different this take on the DC universe is like we'll get into some of the things I, I know we want to be non-spoiler but there were some of the things I said and just laughed as they came out of my mouth like that doesn't Batman shouldn't be doing that but here we are
1: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
3: yeah yeah
1: for sure uh, I echo a lot of those sentiments I think the thing that kind of sticks with me the show the most is that it plays and has a lot of fun with the DC universe at large, kind of like you were saying, Zuhair. But it does it does it scathingly, but also with just such apparent love and passion that uh, whether you're a casual fan or a a really deep fan, you're going to find some level of appreciation. It's going to have you laughing. Uh, I agree with everything that else else that was said about upping the ante. I really feel like the animation has come a long way. I'd be interested to see what the the budget looks like, but obviously the show. Uh, They have a lot of faith and confidence in it, bringing it back for a third season. And I I really like this style of animation. It's so different Mm -hmm. from anything else we've seen. It's different from Young Justice. It's different from the animated films. Um, it, It obviously harkens to the original Batman animated series, but it's a little more cartoony and playful. But the violence is just so over the top and the characters are all so lovable. And I feel like this season especially is kind of playing with some of the real world things and behind the scenes, things we know about Warner brothers as a studio and the DC DC film side of things. But, um, (laughs) um, the show always has a lot of fun and takes the story in like crazy directions. But I noticed this season, especially, there's always like a very heartfelt through line and something that we learn about these characters and something that these characters learn about themselves. And I just really appreciate being able to balance that tone.
3: Yeah. And I will also say, before we get into spoilers, Because I know you guys have had the chance to talk about the show, but this is my first time since I missed the season one, two recap. I just also want to give credit to the voice actors. I feel like they have perfected these characters over the seasons that they've done them because I didn't totally love Kaylee. Is it Kaylee Cuckoo or Cuckoo? Cuoco. 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 Kaylee Cuoco as Harley Quinn when the show first started. I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. It's not quite what I'm expecting. And she's just knocking it out of the park now. Like, she's she's very talented. I never once had a doubt with that. I just didn't love what she was doing with Harley Quinn at first. And mm. I think she has now hit her stride. I don't know the voice actress that does Ivy off the top of my head. Lake Bell. Oh, it is Lake. Of course, it's Lake Bell. Okay, that makes yes. perfect sense. But the chemistry they have together is palpable and beautiful. And I mean, everyone deserves great credit. Um, you know King Shark and Alan Tudyk as Clayface like they they all really are hitting their marks in the other seasons and this season especially it feels like mm. they have all figured out how to do these characters it's hard to do a good Batman but they're hit they're hitting it like you were that's yeah. a hard high bar you have to beat Kevin Conroy and they're they're there I think that's mm. Diedrich Bader correct correct okay. yes yes yeah no he's yeah, doing for...
2: it for kaylee cuoco specifically i feel like margot robbie did such a good job with like her voice and the live action stuff and i think that's what set like such a good standard of like what to go off of and of course like the original batman anime series as well and that's one of those things where it's like she's very selective about like when she throws like that jersey accent in there Mm. and that is kind of the line that you're trying to like look for the consistency for but it's just one of those things that like Kaylee Cuoco's delivery on stuff is just so epic that like once you just kind of like accept that she's kind of doing her own thing and throwing in that flair when she can Mm -hmm. it's just epic like I love her and everything that she does and it was definitely like as a as a keen listener trying to kind of get used to that but I I think she does phenomenal
1: yeah that's it's interesting to point out I never really had the issue with her performance I kind of appreciated that she was bringing something different yeah Margot Robbie's Obviously, kind of um, alluding to, I believe, the uh, voice actress that debuted the character in Batman the Animated Series is uh, Arlene Sorkin. I'm pretty sure about that, which is kind of interesting that her name is Harlene Quinzel and her name is Arlene. Mm-hmm. Uh, just kind of the funny way that life works out sometimes. But, yeah, I, I just she like you said, she brings so much passion and, and energy to it. And knowing that her production company is behind um, a lot of what takes place in this show, it's its clear that she has a lot of love for the character. So I uh, continue to, to be impressed by what she does. And we'll have another Harley Quinn before too long. Uh, just talking about, you know, the DC film stuff. I know Todd Phillips, uh, Joker, is getting a sequel that's supposed to be a musical. And Lady Gaga is actually going to give her turn as Harley Quinn in that. So there'll be more and more performances, just like we've had from the Joker.
2: I said, which series is that?
1: Todd Phillips did the one with Joaquin Phoenix, the Oscar-winning one from 2019 that has been announced to have a sequel that's going to be a musical. I can't remember oh. the title off the top of my head, but it's something French. And yeah,
3: yeah, it's uh, Lady Gaga as Harley Quinn has been attached. I think it's literally just like French for the Joker 2 or something like that. Okay.
2: Interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I think that takes care of any non-spoiler thoughts, so we're just going to get into the thick of it now, um, starting with episode one titled Ivy Here's a brief description of the episode. Two weeks after confessing their love for each other and escaping from Gordon, Harlan- Harley and Ivy fly around the world on their unofficial honeymoon, the Eat, Bang, Kill tour. Harley is overly excited about them being a couple while Ivy awkwardly tries to adjust to their relationship. While visiting Eden with an eye, a botanical paradise that Ivy created years ago, they learn that Gordon has got King Shark and Clayface to lure them out. As they return to Gotham City to break them out of Arkham, Harley bumps into Amanda Waller, who claims that Ivy has not done anything villainous for years. To prove her wrong, Harley kidnaps her and brings her to Eden. Suicide Squad member Plastique arrives and fights Harley and Ivy, destroying Eden in the process, before eventually killing herself while Waller escapes. Harley apologizes to Ivy for the damages and offers to help Ivy and her long-desired plan to terraform the world. Meanwhile, Clayface auditions for James Gunn's new biopic about Thomas Wayne and gets his set job titled The Director's Chair, or as The Director's Chair. Concurrently, Gordon's mayoral campaign falters despite some help from Two-Face until the sitting mayor is killed by a bizarre series of accidents.
3: <laughs> All right. Sit on me, James Gunn. (laughs) Spit on my face.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah. I, for one, there was a lot to uh, to love about this episode, even with the opening, like watching dirty movies in the Fortress of Solitude just (laughs) two weeks after the ending of season two with, yeah, Jor-El voiced by Alfred Molina uh, voicing his disgust and displeasure that they're dishonoring the Fortress of Solitude like that. Wait, that was oh, Alfred Movita? said that? Let me it give was. him a call.
3: <laughs> oh my
1: gosh. Yeah.
2: I love when Soup's finally came on to It's like, did you do an HBO Max subscription? I was only doing my free <laughs> trial.
3: Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I love the self-awareness. Why was a porno
2: on HBO Max?
3: <laughs> they're getting a new service. Don't worry about it. Oh. Yeah, right. <laughs>
2: HBO Max okay. with three X's. Yeah, yeah.
1: And the uh, the film stars of that film were Kylie Kryptonite and Brittany Bionic um, who come so to stupid. help out Harley and Ivy later on. But I loved how the cops were like, oh, I loved you in the drilling joke. Obviously yes.
3: an allusion to the killing joke. Yeah, that was great.
2: I facepalmed so hard on that. Oh, that, was... <laughs>
3: that, that. That's just that example of them upping the ante. Like they did not need to do a adult movie parody of this like on screen yet they did i like why Mm. why was that necessary but it was also so so funny
2: it's a fascinating (laughs) recap
3: yeah (laughs) yeah and i we ended on that note but i want to talk about it the blood and gore of the mayor's death oh yeah i was just like oh oh okay we're here now this is happening gordo's mayor
2: I always yeah. feel bad for the rats because something similar happened in Doom Patrol, where it's like an accident like killed the rat's brother, and like with subtitles, the rats just like, chirping, being like, "I will avenge my family." And so they had a little funeral and everything for the rat I was Like, oh god, are we visiting this again? Is that are they gonna come back with a revenge plot?
3: I want Rat Man. Give me Ratman. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Because the parents died. his own Alfred. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I want a through line where Ratman comes back to, like, fight Gordo as the mayor because he thinks he killed his parents. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. And I I had to
1: appreciate that series of bizarre events that led to the mayor's death felt very Final Destination esque. Yeah. But everything that happened was mentioned earlier when Gordon was having the debate with the the incumbent mayor and they mentioned kids driving buses pregnant rats on every corner and all of those things kind of uh collide in order to make his his death possible so
3: i really appreciated the uh the call back there yeah i don't know what's gonna happen now that he's mayor like that's a weird turn of events i guess
2: yeah because if he like regresses and goes back to his alcoholic state as the mayor uh you in trouble my dude
3: Yeah, because it's also interesting because neither of you read the comics, correct? I did not. I read a synopsis, but I did not read the, the comics themselves. Yeah, because in the comics, he goes off at one point. Like he is trying so hard to track down Harley and Ivy that he like destroys half the city. In his conquest <laughs> of trying to capture them again, and then finally is like, well, you know what? If I can't get him as a damn good cop, then I'm going to be the mayor, and like that's how we got here. But it was just nice. It was like, oh, now he has more power. This is going to be interesting. And Two Face is backing him. What's that about?
1: <laughs> yeah, and that whole series where he just was not getting Two Face like being <laughs> Two Face. He's like, it's it's in my name. He's like, yeah, Harvey Dent. It's like. It's in it's it's my villain moniker. It's like, yeah, still not getting it. It's just so dumb, <laughs> just but take it's the great. off, <gasps> yeah. Uh, there was a great line from the mayor to Gordon where he says, "You're what the French call less incompetence." And being a big fan of Home Alone, I recognize that line immediately. That's what Kevin's older sister says to him when he asks for help packing before the family leaves for their their vacation so great call out there or call back rather
3: that's such a specific callback i would never have picked up on that that's amazing (laughs) i think they know their target demographic here
2: (laughs) yeah this this show is wildly intelligent for better or for worse
3: (laughs) (laughs) yeah like the entirety of uh stealing the invisible jet and then you know stealing the queen like oh yeah Because that wasn't Elizabeth II. That wasn't this first episode, right? Yes, it was.
1: Yeah, it was the beginning of the eat, bang, kill tour.
2: (laughs) Damn bird spray. Uh,
1: (laughs) Oh, right. Really good wipers. (laughs) There was a second there where I thought maybe they were going to really go take that joke to the next level and tell us that it was eagerly from Peacemaker. But I'm glad they didn't go that route. Oh,
3: my gosh. (laughs) 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 I mean, it's an invisible jet. It has to happen all the time.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh,
3: We mentioned uh, the joke
1: with the drilling joke, uh, the joke with the drilling joke there, uh, but I had to appreciate another great play on words with the title. The biopic about Thomas Wayne that Clayface is auditioning for was called A Hard Wayne's Gonna Fall, which is stupid, but but great.
2: (laughs) I know I haven't been there for you, buddy. But tell your mom to put on her nicest pearls, cause we're going to the movies. <laughs> yes, oh, <God>. yes.
1: <laughs> oh, good old Billy Bob Thor- Thornton.
2: And then uh, Batman just being like, "It's like, why can't they just let that family grieve in peace?" There's so many remakes of the story; we don't need to watch yeah. it again and again.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was episode two, uh, Batman's meltdown oh. about that. But yeah, yeah, it, it was great. We'll we'll get to that though. Um, I guess my my fine. Final thing about this episode is with the whole Suicide Squad montage and then Plastique coming in and she says, uh, uh, Amanda Waller asks her like, why, why'd they send you? And she says, the PR has PR has the A-team overthrowing a dictator in Central America, which if you've seen James Gunn's Suicide, the Suicide Squad, you know exactly, exactly what they're what it was. referring to there. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So. I like that a lot. Yeah. I found it funny though, that the suicide squad that they showed was the air suicide squad. So at first mm. I didn't also know if that's why they said the a team is there because it was killer croc, uh, enchantress, Captain boomerang, Captain and uh, katana, katana. Yeah. And I think that dead was shot. it. Yeah. And dead shot. Shot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. I think enchantress was clearly the one that was like lifted right out of airs
3: movie. And it was, I think it was the same killer croc too, or was it the killer croc we've seen before? I don't know if we've seen him before, but he showed up later when, in episode three, during the Ville Awards, I noticed him in the background. Well, I know he was in the pit in season two. That's why I'm trying to think, remember if it was the same design or not, because I think he was like knitting with Bane in the pit as he was a reformed.
1: Oh, I forgot about that. Okay, uh,
3: cool. Convict, but. More yeah. Suicide Squad jokes, please. He
1: fell in the pit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, And then I guess the, the final thing I'll say about the episode is we kind of talked about Gordon stepping up to become the mayor now that the the mayor was killed. Uh, just extrapolating from what we saw in the trailer, at some point in time, Joker's going to run against him for mayor. So I'll be curious to see how that makes him further unravel.
2: Yeah, there seems to be uh, two main villain plot lines and the mayor definitely seems to be one of them along with uh, Ivy's terraforming plot
3: yeah and Indeed. I could see Amanda Waller continuing on as like a background bad guy as well oh yeah yeah she's, she's pissed she gives the
1: <laughs> the double middle fingers as she flies away Yeah, that's not the last we've seen of
3: Amanda Waller I don't think Amanda Waller always comes back yes <laughs>
2: When Harley She's, found that last plant and she was about to pick it, I was like, why is Ivy not stopping her from taking the plant literally off of its roots?
1: <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it just kind of goes to show that uh, as the episode kind of described and we saw Harley's like all in on this relationship and kind of willing to like forego her own interests and uh, what makes her really happy in terms of like destroying things in order to, make Ivy happy even like that she's like counting every single day and every anniversary I think the episode ends with her like saying like 19 19 and a half days together so uh, I think as the episodes progress we start to see a little more tenderness from Ivy but at this point in time I'm a little fearful that Harley's kind of almost doing the same thing that she did with the Joker obviously it's a more healthy relationship but she seems to just want to like give her all like right off the bat so we'll see where that goes for sure. All right. Any final thoughts on that first episode? Har livey.
2: Now they're all jumbled together for me.
3: <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm already trying to go back through and I'm like, okay, I know what I need to say for episode two, but did this thing happen in two or three or uh, <laughs> we'll get there. This description will hopefully help me.
1: <laughs> well, it, it just kind of speaks to uh, what was brought up at the beginning with the non-spoilers. I kind of agreed with you, Andrew. I do find the show fairly bingeable. And like I watched all three episodes in a row, um, last night. And then I rewatched them this afternoon in preparation for this podcast. And I just like thoroughly enjoyed them. Never really felt any fatigue. So I, I enjoy it quite a bit. What's that?
2: I fall asleep after two.
1: Oh no. (laughs) You're tired man. It's, it's excusable. We won't
2: Ooh, tell is that an understatement?
3: <laughs> we won't tell Kaylee Cuoco. He's an artist. He he's I, I working
1: hard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on to episode two. There's no Ivy and team. After Harley and Ivy reunite with their crew, Ivy shares her plan to transform Gotham City into an Eden-like paradise. Their first step is to get amber containing prehistoric mosquitoes with the DNA of prehistoric plants. From gotham's natural history museum harley lets ivy lead the crew this time but she proves to be a terrible leader after failing to create a serum from the dna capable of bringing plants to life ivy chooses to work alone meanwhile nightwing returns to gotham as well but struggles to cooperate with the rest of the bat family harley and batgirl bring their respective teams to a newly opened escape room to foster camaraderie but the room turns out to be a death trap set up by the riddler to get out alive they all need to work together during which Ivy and Nightwing both learn and evaluate teamwork. After successfully escaping, Ivy once again tries to create the serum, but her experiment destroys the crew's lair and causes Frank to grow legs and glow green.
2: That was all episode two? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Huh. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm really forgetting what happened in three. Oh,
3: okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, these recaps might yeah. really be helping us then. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, the line yeah. of uh, "How did Ivy Plan become worse than a Harley Plan?" was epic, and I love that they introduced Nightwing in this. His intro and everything was fantastic. I loved all the dialogue in the Batcave. Like it seems smaller. Why does this? Why does this suit have boobs on it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't think I knew or remembered that Damien was in it. Or maybe I saw it in the trailer and just forgot, but he was Hmm. like, all right, Nightwing, member of the Bat family. You forgot dickhead, dickhead. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) It's like, there's the dick joke right off the bat.
3: Oh, (laughs) yes. Honestly, this is a very interesting version of Nightwing. Um, it's yeah. obviously not the Nightwing we know and love from like Young Justice. It is a goth, not edgy, all. very tongue in cheek, like, I gotta get out of Batman's shadow. Why is your voice deeper? Don't worry about it. Like, th- <laughs> those kind of things were so perfect. My only complaint, I think they just didn't make enough jokes. Like, there were so many more hmm. that I was expecting them to hit. And this is also partially from me reading the Harley Quinn comics. They okay. made some jokes in those comics they had an entire page (laughs) dedicated to jokes about Nightwing's butt in the comics oh okay. and it was just over the top like continuing on Zuhair's laughing because there's one where his butt is just out in the comics and it literally is happened to be when my girlfriend walked into the room that i was reading that panel and i was like "Is this is what it looks like i promise (laughs) it kind of is it kind of is but it isn't so that's my only thing like i was just expecting more and i think we're gonna get more nightwing as the season goes on it kind of seemed like he the way he made amends with batgirl at the end i don't Mm -hmm. know if we're gonna get their romance or not but Mm -hmm. it at least seems like he's gonna kind of come back in some capacity so i think there's more to be said with this character but they're having a lot of fun with making the goth long hair swooping kind of jokes and i'm i'm just surprised they didn't give him the mullet at this point
1: it looked like in a couple of shots you could see like some longer was it a little longer longer behind there i thought so i thought so it was more of a modern day mullet okay yeah i'm i kind of agree with you there uh but I loved everything about Nightwing. I, we've seen him portrayed so capably in the past that he's just kind of the perfect character to make that foil and kind of um, be a little more tongue-in-cheek with him and have some fun with him. And I thought Harvey Guillen, who uh, has been popping up uh, on What We Do in the Shadows, another show that I'm covering on PandaVision, quick little plug there for you, um, I, I thought he did a phenomenal job and really brought the humor. But the the one thing that really stuck out to me about him was when they were gearing up to leave and uh, do this mission. Not only does he not like, he said like something to the extent like, I don't do discreet, which is like, that's exactly what Nightwing does. Okay. <laughs> anyway, but uh, right when they were leaving and he called Shotgun, but Damien got there first. And then they told him that he can go with the macaroni. And he's like, Alfred dressed as the macaroni. I like completely the closest think thing. forgot about that. I, that yeah. threw me off. <laughs> the closest thing I can compare him to is like Pops from the regular show. He's just ridiculous looking. <laughs> and <then> when. <laughs> Nightwing sees him and he's like the macaroni. Fuck the macaroni. <laughs> Just, <laughs> it's so good.
3: Uh,
2: yeah, I wasn't ready for that. I love how, I love how the Batjet has like four seats, but the Batmobile only has two.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. The macaroni is like, your chariot awaits. Uh, and uh I had to do some research to find out if the macaroni was like an actual character. And it's inconclusive at this point in time. I didn't see any other references to the macaroni, but it's, it's great to see Alfred again. We know how capable and uh what an asset Alfred is to see. So to play with his character a little more loosely and have some fun with it was a lot of fun. Things like Lego Batman have obviously done that in the past, like, showing him as more of like a enabler to Batman in some ways and trying to correct Batman from his uh, somewhat, you know, more man child tendencies. But I, I just really appreciated this, this funny take.
2: This was from last season, but like when the projection of Harley and uh, Ivy sleeping together came up and he like closed the curtains and then peeked and then closed it again. (laughs)
3: Yeah, no, I need more capable Alfred in my life because some of my favorite comic panels that I've ever seen is where Bruce is like. Alfred, you almost killed him, and he's like, "Yeah, you have a thing against guns. I don't." Uh, oh, what I do you love want that me- panel. Yeah, it's like, "What do you want me to do here?" And he's like, "I'm taking all of your guns," and Alfred just looks at him and says, "You will never find them all." Like. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many good things like that in comics and I'm like stop making him an old man make him the military old yeah. man like <laughs>
2: he's he's a marine he's special forces like he's been killing people before Wayne was even born so
3: Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah I love it. I want to see Andy Serkis wow. do that in like the newer Batman mm. movies. Yeah. It would be so yes. so good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They
2: need a decent portrayal in Gotham, but that's one that I've been like itching for.
3: Mm. Yeah. Pennyworth yeah. is also a pretty good job of getting Alfred out there. I've seen a okay. couple episodes. I haven't watched it ever. yet.
2: Okay. Cool. I didn't even finish Gotham.
3: I
1: never watched an episode of Gotham. I just wasn't all that interested in the buzz around it was never
3: compelling enough for me.
1: But to those that that love it, I'm glad it's there for you.
3: I compare Gotham to like the CW shows. The first two seasons okay. great. After that you can just you could just stop watching.
2: Yeah. Just gotcha. try to shove in as much as you can, not in the best way
1: understood understood um well a couple of other things that stood out to me was when um ivy was kind of first like trying to lay out her plan and harley was like amping her up so much and she's like you guys are gonna cream when you hear this 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 will make lex luther shit his pants and king shark just has the great delivery of and that man does not shit his pants for anything
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh.
2: yeah there's been a lot of luther tie-ins lately
3: yeah yeah, yeah. definitely and we got more Bane in this episode trying to like get back at Harley and Ivy and couldn't buy the bombs at Costco. And they gave them to calendar man instead. Like,
2: but that was like a Luther, yeah, warehouse. It was,
3: like Luther Costco, <laughs> where you could buy bombs or groceries. Cause there were normal people in there, like buying groceries in the background in the dairy section while he's trying yes. to check out with all of his bombs. Like, and you're going to give the yeah. bombs to
2: calendar man. What are you going to do with it?
3: yeah i have to say though um again because i haven't gone over season one or two this is my favorite bane ever and it's gotten to the point that when i read like regular batman comics i Mm. in my head it is this bane's voice when bane Mm. pops up so it's still like the serious bane but i'm just Mm -hmm. reading the buff lines and the oh well yes i'm gonna take you down batman (laughs) You're
2: I doing have that it the right way. Problem with my young justice rewatches. Yeah, yeah.
3: It's like that's you not love
2: the f- right voice. Yeah,
1: I love the fact that his idea of revenge is that he wants the very expensive pasta maker that he gave to Ivy and Kite Man as their wedding gift back. <laughs> it's, it's gauche to keep the gift. It's gauche to ask for it back. It's double gauche to ask double for it gauche. back. You dick stick. <laughs> And then uh, his narration, like when the bank teller is like going over all of his recent purchases, like (laughs) belly burger at eight 30 in the morning, belly burger again at nine in the morning. And she's like, I'm just a bank teller, but are you depressed? And he's like, She was just a bank teller, but was she telling the truth? Perhaps my identity had been stolen by myself while you've got like jazzy music coming in in the background. And then at the end, when their lair is destroyed and he, he finally got all the, the weaponry that he was trying to get his hands on and he watches it crumble right before him and he's i feel nothing <laughs> so I, I couldn't help but ask myself do i need a therapist it's like i really just feel bad from this he's like i didn't laugh too much on that but
2: the the whole thing about Bill, big belly burgers breakfast is phenomenal who wouldn't go <laughs> <laughs> and i like that touch because that's like a made-up dc fast food chain it was huge in the cw verse Hmm. Uh, and that's when I first heard of it, too. So when it popped, I'm like, hey, good shout out.
3: Yeah, it's in all the yeah, comics and stuff, too.
1: Yeah, I remember it coming up on The Flash pretty frequently.
3: Mm-hmm. Another standout like, for
1: me a was as a uh, big fan of Jurassic Park, learning that Ivy's <laughs> never seen Jurassic Park got oh, a big yeah. gasp out of me. And much like Harley, Jurassic Park and Jeff Goldblum references make up at least 60% of my personality. <laughs> so I'm with you, Harley. I'm with you.
3: Uh, ah, yeah. you crazy son of a bitches. You did it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, another great sequence was when they were planning for the mission and um, Ivy's got her binders that plan for every single scenario, but then Clayface comes out with his prediction about one of the guards picking up an extra <laughs> shift so he can finally propo- propose to his high, high school squeeze. He quit smoking ages ago, but still carries around a cigarette for the smell. Nervous about the proposal, he goes out for a whiff of the old confidence stick and spots them. She says, that's never going to happen. And sure. Enough, not in the
2: bind for a reason.
3: <laughs> yeah. Sure enough. It happens. I, I love stuff like that. Clayface's monologues like that are so funny. Cause he gets so into the characters that he wants to make up. And you're like, why would this ever make sense? So the fact that they finally threw him a bone and it actually did make sense this time. Yes. <laughs> oh, so good. Yeah. And I, yeah. Completely off this topic. I have to ask the, did you guys look at the files that were on the back computer? during the episode cuz there was a point I think it was when him and robin were playing cards together. Oh, okay. The Bat Force. Four. Yeah, there's yeah. four like file folders on the thing and it's Robin's homework, Bat taxes, the oh. air cut, Ooh. and Bat suit nipple concepts. <laughs> <laughs> I did not see any of those, but I'm so glad that you did. That's that's wonderful. It's amazing to me that they're like, yeah, this Batman also thought about nipples on the suit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, they should have given them to Nightwing. If
2: you if you ever doubt how much DC listens, there you go. Mm. (laughs) Right.
3: right. Well, and I think that's just the testament to this show. Like, it's a love letter, not a parody. Like, I think that's the best way to put it, that they are really crunching down on they have read all the comics they have seen all the shows they have watched Mm -hmm. every meme on youtube that pops up like they have done their homework Mm -hmm. in such an impressive way and it's so good and also i think they threw some comic spoilers in there with the one like nightwing couldn't stop vigilante from killing blockbuster like oh right i'm currently reading through the nightwing comics and blockbuster is like the main villain in the ones that have come out since 2016 and i'm like wait he's gonna die like, but it was just one of those moments where they really it shows how meticulous they are, that it's something that most people would not have thought of as anything big. But if you happen sure. to be a comic reader, you got that. But if you're not a comic reader, you still had all the other fun stuff that happened. It's just yeah. so perfectly done. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's very well said. And
1: uh, I I did notice that he mentioned Blockbuster because it made me think of like one of my few Um, experiences with the character of Blockbuster is from Young Justice but I didn't realize that that's the character that they were tackling in the comics so uh, everything you said is is clearly on point to the even to the fact that like people that don't read the comics but just watch the movies like Zuhair you brought up that Batman's meltdown and like the focus on the pearls and now he's like he's when Batman's having that meltdown and talking about, you know, it's, it's, it's okay for Bruce Wayne to talk about it. But when everybody else starts to talk about it and they bring up crime alley, we know, and the pearls, the pearls fell. And as the life is extinguished from his mother's eyes, so too is his innocence. Clayface is just like, keep
3: going. I'm using all of this. (laughs) (laughs) That also felt like one of those moments where you have to have the suspension of disbelief that the villains probably know who Batman is at this point, but they just oh, don't sure. care. They're like, yeah, right. Bruce Wayne, whatever. Just do the things like, yeah. Like how many jokes that Joker probably knew for a really long time and then just didn't care. Cause he only, right. he was in love with Batman. He wasn't in love with Bruce Wayne. Like, sure.
2: It was like also at the end of um, last season when the Justice League was staying together on the rooftop and he was going over like Wayne Industries uh, insurance policy. And he was hmm. like, I, 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 just, I just know him very well.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> but yeah, secret identities are apparently still a big thing over here because uh, would they? Oh, wait. No, this is I'm not going to talk about that.
1: I, I think I know where you're going with it, but it's a natural yeah. segue unless you guys had anything else to say about um, episode two
2: excuse my language, but I hate how much Nightwing was a little bitch in the escape room. Um, oh. <laughs> he was like whining. He was like, I'm just going to let it kill me. And I'm like, no, don't be like that. And, like, everything about you is so perfect right now. Why are you being like this? <laughs> so yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's kind of a little shit in this. Um, but mm-hmm. I do love when um, when Harley and Batgirl were like, yeah, that commercial just really caught my attention. We thought it was great. <laughs> and That's why we're here. <laughs> Yeah, you needed to yeah. any too. Like they were the way they were just fan going together was so adorable. I love that so much. Like I really, really like this Batgirl.
1: Yeah, it was it was cool how they got separated in the escape room. That everyone kind of got paired off with who they needed to get to in kind of order of importance and the emotional journey that they needed to take. So, Nightwing and Poison Ivy being paired together, like they both suffered from perfectionism, and that's something that I can certainly relate to. So. It's kind of what I talked about at the top, as funny as the show can be for them to have that realization that I think it was a John Wooden quote about uh, that Batman used in the past that you can only learn from failing sometimes that they realize they need to fail the chess game and that's how they get out of the life or death situation. But yeah, I just really appreciated the fact that the show can can kind of have that emotional through line at the same time as having all this fun and and, uh, being irreverent
2: uh the last thing that i'm going to go off of is when uh when Batgirl and nightwing both like swung at the same time and ran into each other and got tied up and i was like there's mm. the start of the romance right there oh, okay. they were all like close looking at each other and I'm like I'm calling right now this is where it starts
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm actually glad you brought that moment up because it was one of the moments that the animation really impressed me, too, because that gave Firefly the opportunity to kind of like go up the tower and, and light it up. And then, of course, popcorn ends up emerging because it was a corn factory. But even before, like the corn, the popcorn was like the the focus of the joke there. Like that was great animation, like really well done. And seeing the the tower explode and the effect of the explosion was all Very, very well animated. So as funny as it is, it's still, you know, bringing a certain level of talent and uh, uh, polish to it that I I just
3: got to admire.
2: I don't remember what Batman said to Damien, but I just remember it being really funny.
3: (laughs) Mm. Yeah, no, on the topic that you even mentioned at the beginning, like we've always seen Nightwing as so capable. So to kind of get him as this little bit more whiny side is interesting they still didn't cut out how good of a fighter he was and an acrobat he was. Like, the beauty mm. in which, and I think that's why I love Nightwing so much, is his fighting style is so acrobatic because he was raised as an acrobat. It's just so cool to see the way that they did him flipping around and swinging around the tower with his mm-hmm. two sticks that I can't batons. remember. Would you just call them batons? Yeah. Okay. I In my head, there was yeah. a much better... Fighting name for them, but whatever. He, they did a really good job of still showing, like, yeah, he complains, but he was still Nightwing. He still can fight. He still mm-hmm. was doing the good things, even if he gets in his own way or Batgirl's way.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. If you were to like design Robin, have four versions of them that look exactly the same, but give them the fighting styles of each one, like, Dick Grayson would definitely stand out the most from all three, all four.
3: Hmm. Yeah, I think the only other one would maybe be Damien and the way that he generally fights with a sword and is much more... Yeah,
2: if you take all weapons aside, like literally yeah. just hand-to-hand combat, mm-hmm. Dick Grayson would definitely stand out easily. Sure. And the other thing, you'd have to like, kind of like narrow your eyes a little bit.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I will have to say, though, you bringing up the Robins and the fact that there are four of them just reminded me that Clayface had that admission that he's still credited as Clayface number four on IMDb, and he's trying to rectify that. So, <laughs> poor Clayface, keep at it, buddy.
3: We we believe in you. But also, what are the other oh. Clayfaces? Yeah, <laughs> true.
1: I
2: know how I want to start number episode. Three yeah, now. you
3: and I are on the same page. Of mm. I wonder how many Robins there are.
2: Hmm. <laughs> go should, should i just say my thing yeah. and then do the synopsis yeah. yeah go for it oh my god when they were doing the villies and uh the the fact that um jason todd was being beat to death was just a bit mm-hmm. and he just got up with a crowbar and his bloody face was just like singing and dancing i'm like joker you sick bastard no <laughs> i hated that so much i was like ah, that hurts that hurts my soul so much <laughs> i can't believe I they went like there it. it was i don't like it too dark <laughs> <sighs>
3: No, I want to know how they got permission to do Joker beating him with a crowbar. Like, how do you... That's that's crazy. It's Mm. uh, it's the worst kept secret in DC at this point is that Jason Todd dies. I Mm.
2: don't like it.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I have to admit it got a a good laugh out of me. Yeah, no, that third episode that was when you told, could tell they weren't pulling any punches. Like, right. I, I don't know, doing that. And then the other the other scene we'll get to that is like, eh, they they went there. Okay. Mm. Okay. <laughs> but All I'll right. let you give the synopsis before we go too deep.
1: Yeah, for sure. So uh, episode three was titled the 83rd Annual Vili Awards and the description follows as such. Following their lair's destruction, the crew moves into Catwoman's old apartment Harley learns that she and Ivy have been nominated for Best Couple at the 83rd Annual Villi Awards, which she has always won with Joker. Despite not liking the award ceremony, Ivy accompanies Harley but becomes more uncomfortable when she learns that they, will, they are seated next to Kite Man and his new girlfriend, Golden Glider. Meanwhile, Clayface impersonates Gunn to meet Billy Bob Thornton, who is playing Thomas Wayne in the new film. Thornton comes to appreciate Clayface's acting skills and shape-shifting abilities, but he is accidentally killed by Catwoman's Tiger so Co- so, Clayface takes his place in the film. At the ceremony, Harley tries to peek at the winner's list by fighting the android guarding it, while Ivy bonds with Glider over their social anxiety. After their talk, Ivy realizes she should have been more supportive of Harley, who, with Kite Man's help, realizes that Ivy's love is a reward in itself. They leave the ceremony despite turning out to be the winners, so Joker takes their award for himself.
2: I love Golden Glider so much. Everything mm. about her design and the voice and just her bubbly attitude and just ev- everything about her is so perfect
3: hmm. yeah they, they endeared you to her immediately like before i even put the pieces together as to who it was as a character i was just like i love this mm-hmm. this might even be someone totally original and i don't care and then when they said oh this yeah. is this version of golden glider i knew who it was but they, that was just a really really awesome take on the character and then just also the whole like how good of a guy kite man was revelation that we got that was also so wholesome and wonderful yeah
2: yeah i had just woken up from my naps so my critical thinking didn't get that far
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i i agree i really enjoyed the character of golden glider and my only exposure to the character prior was on the cw shows i think it was the flash first and foremost that she was revealed to be Leonard Snart, Captain Cold's sister. I don't know if that is true in the comics, but All I do right. remember her name being Lisa Snart. So to hear that her first name's Lisa, in this kind of leads me to believe that that might be the case. But at any rate, she seems like an absolutely wonderful, more appropriate match for Kite Man than Ivy ever was. So I'm I'm happy that a total doofus and goofball like Kite Man. Um, even though it's obvious that he cares and is well intentioned, that he can find somebody that he's paired with so well, I enjoyed it.
2: Do you guys know the the meme where it's like the girl that you're interested, her brother, her dad, her ex, and then you? I would love to see that with Golden oh, nice. Glider and, and Captain
3: Cold. <laughs>
2: yeah, Captain Cold and Commander Cold and Kite Man and Nice.
3: <laughs> uh, well, I'll get to work yeah. after this.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, as far as the guest cast go i james gunn showed up in the first episode but i really it's incredible me, to me the fact that james gunn is so willing to have fun in, with dc and, and comic book properties at large that he's willing to voice himself on the show and billy bob thornton like billy bob thornton is an a-class actor and he actually voiced himself on the show and I love Billy Bob Thornton. He's one of my favorite actors. He's great in that first season of Fargo, my favorite season of Fargo. Um, and when he got the text saying that Ryan Reynolds is asking again if he could just please try his gin, the I believe it's aviation or aviator gin, yep. aviation, uh, aviation gin. Yeah, that was hilarious. He was like, "Hell no!" And uh, it's it's just funny knowing that, like how many like business uh, avenues like Ryan Reynolds is currently pursuing because I keep getting the Mint, Mint mobile, mobile ads. <laughs> Yeah, whenever I listen to podcasts. So I actually did look at MintMobile.com recently, and it seems like a great deal, but now I've been
3: getting the emails like every day. So (laughs) calm down, Ryan Reynolds.
2: You done goofed.
3: Well, that's his whole thing. (laughs) He doesn't pay for marketing. So as soon as you do word of mouth things, he's sending you emails. It's he's a smart businessman. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, for sure.
2: Totally random, but I saw a trailer for a documentary the other day where apparently he owns a, football club in the uk now too he's trying to like revamp Hmm. that up for the city like that looks very impressive
3: not surprised at all i mean i knew he was taking a break from acting but i didn't i didn't know this was going to be what his break was
2: yes a huge business venture it's him and the guy from um always sunny um charlie day is that his name i know him more from no not charlie day
1: is he mac is he charlie is he glenn
2: I never watched the show, but I know oh, him okay. from Mythic Quest. But I know people don't watch. Oh, it's Mythic Mac. Quest. then. It, it's uh, Mac. Yeah. yeah, Rob Mc McElhenney. Mikkel,
1: yes, that makes sense.
2: Yeah, so both of them like partnered up to buy that team, and it's mm. interesting. Like I definitely want to watch that. Yeah,
1: something to keep an eye on. Uh, well, on the subject of James Gunn and Billy Bob Thornton's interactions, <laughs> uh, I loved James Gunn line when James Gunn's line when. Billy Bob was saying, you know, the, the script, it's just not humming. The dialogue's not humming for me. Uh, and then James Gunn says, it's like Warner Brothers told me when I was writing the Scooby-Doo movie. It's all about the edit, which is just <laughs> such wonderful shade thrown at Warner Brothers. And Warner Brothers, like, endorsed this cartoon. And they're just willing to, like, take those lumps from James Gunn. Like, I, I love it so much. It's great. <laughs> It, now they also, know that
2: every mistake that they make is just gold for the show and they're totally fine with it.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> and I th- I really think that's why DC is starting to like eclipse Marvel to be a little bit is the fact that they're willing to acknowledge their mistakes because they have them whereas like Marvel doesn't really have mistakes and when they do they just kind of erase them. So yeah. it, it is that fun like redeeming quality of we know it's not all great. Let's talk about the bat nipples. That was an idea we had a while back but it's sure. really funny now, so it's it's all that stuff for sure. And getting that weird reminder that James Gunn was involved in the Scooby Doo movie was also like, what? Yeah, hang on. Huh? <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen too much James
2: Gunn stuff, so when he said, um, "Like, oh, you don't keep you read the wrong IMDb because Sean Gunn's the one that acts, James never does," oh, and right. I was like, "Are you going to mention Guardians?" There's no way. Oh, right. Yeah. Mention Guardians right now, and no, they didn't. I was like, ah. It's like oh no. this is really going to be a test of how ballsy they are.
1: <laughs> well they really harped on his appearance in Gilmore Girls, which is a show that yeah. I watched maybe like one or two episodes of. Well my sister was probably watching it. But uh-huh. it's between that and Sex in the Ci- the Sex in the City reference in the previous episode <laughs> yeah. with Bane having bought that Sarah, Sarah Jessica Parker dress, like somebody on the writing staff like really loved like these female driven like dramedies and from the like Mid two thousands, and I I just appreciate the references, even if I am not the biggest fans of those uh, properties. But it's good stuff. I'm I'm glad it appeals to such a wide audience. Between the Home Alone references and those references, there's something for everybody.
2: If you know, you know.
1: And now you know. And I- uh, Kevin Spacey being listed as a guest in, with other villains, <laughs> I thought was excellent. <laughs>
3: um yeah and the villies were fun like getting the random villains uh including cock and clock king were yes just like i love that they're not willing to pull the punches because seeing calendar man that was already fun enough in the previous episode so to then just have Mm. all the random a b and you know d list villains in one sure. room. that It was a lot of fun to have something like that. And the fact that they went back to the goofy clock face Clock King and didn't do. Because yes. Clock King showed up in Arrow, I think. And he was just a person that still had the powers of Clock King, but just liked clocks. So to have the okay. clock face actually come back and then have the weird, well, ha- what happens when he cries? Oh, the arms on his face start running and he doesn't know what time it is and they can't kiss. It was just perfect little joke yeah. after joke of like the anatomy of this doesn't make sense but we're gonna do it anyway
2: yes. my favorite was when he was like it turns out that the hardest riddle I had to solve was my sexuality and it happened just in time and I'm like no <laughs> I <Yeah>. that's awful <laughs> well it seems like you know you did a good pun if like the, yeah. the audience like hates it like I know they feel the fuel just from my hate of that line. <laughs>
3: Mm. And, mm-hmm. and if it was anyone else Besides this version of the Riddler <laughs> it, it wouldn't have right. worked But the yeah. I don't know the voice Actor's name off the top of my head but the guy who Plays Riddler, Jim Rash Jim Rash, um, Yes and he was the dean In community and Correct. it's yes. It's just so fitting the way they Have written this Riddler and him It just works so So well And they even threw in the fact that he was the dean of the Riddler college as well which I love mm. So yeah now he he delivers those lines so perfectly that you don't question how bizarre this take on the flamboyancy of Riddler is. Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah, and uh, it's kind of a, a good point to bring it up with Clock King and the Riddler's relationship there, uh, as I was like, kind of like doing some research on the show, I noticed that it actually won like back when the first season debuted uh, or maybe the second season, 2019, I think it was the first season, but it won some glad GLAAD awards actually. So it's just worth mentioning that the show um, is, is doing the represent representation, but not really holding a lantern to it. Like Harley and Ivy's relationship seems completely natural as does, Clock King and the Riddlers and they're able to have those jokes and kind of poke fun at it, but it's never done maliciously. It's done with, you know, a lot of um, respect, I I would say. I mean, it's an irreverent show, but it's still treating these shows, treating these relationships and these characters um, with some respect and dignity while it's also able to pull the rug out from under them. And I I just, I think it's really well done.
3: Yeah. I think it was really well shown in the fact that this was the first time we found out that this version of the Riddler is gay, that they didn't Mm -hmm. joke at it in the other seasons. It didn't come up. It was just naturally this character. And then when Mm. it happened, they didn't do this big, Oh, the two couples that we have that are nominated as best couple both happen to be LGBT. It was just, Oh no, Riddler and clock King are the other two up. And I agree with you. It felt natural. It was just, Yeah. yeah, these two very much so are enjoying being together as any couple would be didn't miss a beat didn't say anything and like they mm-hmm. were an oddly cute couple it was kind of for not knowing how a <laughs> clock emotes i was like you could tell he likes him and it's so funny yeah uh, yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah that's exactly how it should be that's one thing i always uh credited arrow and flash for was just like mm-hmm. they just casually said oh my husband or you know my girlfriend this and that and it mm-hmm. was just oh yeah that's exactly how our society is supposed to be but i'm not gonna dwell no. too much in that just, had to say it once.
1: Well, on the subject of representation, Catwoman's acceptance speech.
3: Woo! Oh my say, god.
1: That was so, so good. Yeah. But like she didn't we talked about whole not hold pulling back any punches. She didn't pull any punches, and she let those
3: claws go. But, like, woo, but the Get the real moment I realized like not pulling any punches was also bringing black Manta into the conversation and like how underappreciated he is in DC in general. And then them even kind of pulling the joke of, I didn't even know he was black. Like the fact that they don't show (laughs) it enough of him without the big Manta head on to acknowledge, Mm -hmm. Hey, this is a thing. Also DC has the weird thing of naming black characters with a black title, which also just makes things confusing because you have black lightning, Mm. black Manta, black Adam, So Mm. it's it's a weird trope, but I I loved how good that speech was. And the fact that no one said anything back to her that she just dropped the mic and walked out was like, yes, kill it right there.
1: Yeah. And uh, just speaking of Catwoman, I can't help but like it makes me think about back at the beginning of the episode when uh, she and Ivy were kind of speaking and Ivy was like, you got a dish girl. Tell me about this guy. What's his butt like? Is he cool? And she's just like, (laughs) oh. He's fine, and then it pans out where Batman's massaging her her feet, and he's like, "Shall I continue?" She's just like, "Ah, eh, it's not worth it."
3: So, oh. I mean,
1: knowing where that relationship goes in the comics, like, I got a great kick out of that. But
3: do you know the entire story behind that scene? That scene in particular yeah. was was there a foot massage in the comics? No, no. <laughs> okay. Well, a <laughs> I feel like there's some illusions with Batman and the feet that like just bring up some weird conversation, but oh. there was a. Well, and there is a logical through path here. And this obviously gets a little not safe for work just as a warning for people listening. But we've kind of been a little raunchy this episode with the show. Um, When they first wrote season three, there was supposed to be a scene in which Batman was giving oral sex to Catwoman. Okay, and there was a huge controversy DC pulled the plug. Warner Brothers was like, you can't do that. That's not what Batman does, like, which is a bad line to say. That's not what Batman does. But it was a huge thing. And everyone is like 90% sure they replaced that scene with Batman being about Catwoman's feet. And it's just an even weirder, like, so they took it in this direction? That's how we're going to solve this problem? But, yeah, yeah, yeah. the minute I saw that, I I had to pause because I was laughing so hard. I was like, they did not just, like, Uh, replace that with this instead. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about it in the moment.
2: After a killing joke, like, it's really hard to phase me on Batman doing things like that, so... It was funny, yeah. but it didn't, like, throw me off in that sense. <laughs> it
3: it just yeah. threw me off because I knew what should have been there. That was why I was like, oh, we yeah. did this instead. Okay, guys.
2: I yeah. don't think I knew that, but, like, I I guess I wondered which of the two was happening. Because I thought it was, like, he was just going down. And then once I noticed, like, the only thing she wasn't wearing was socks. Was, like, is this just a weird foot rub or toe sucking or? <laughs> oh, okay not gonna think yeah. too hard on this but it's uh okay
3: <laughs> and that's exactly it if the controversy wasn't there or not controversy if they hadn't announced that the plug was pulled on that months and months ago i wouldn't have thought twice about that scene i would have just been like okay that's a little off but knowing the backstory to it is just yeah. really funny
2: yeah i didn't know that and my and my head went in both directions anyways <laughs>
1: Yeah. Likewise. I didn't catch it in the moment. I remember that story. And as you started to describe it, I immediately knew what you were talking about the whole social media blow up there, but I do think visually they kind of like led you to believe that when he said, shall I continue, that's kind of where it was going, you know, given the position of her thighs and his head, like (laughs) kind of went there anyway, but I completely forgot about the controversy (laughs) with DC saying Batman doesn't do that. And it's like, everybody came out of the woodwork to say, uh, I,
3: think batman definitely does do that <laughs> okay <laughs> me and my friends have been using the line that's what heroes do ever yes. since <laughs> <laughs> ever since that controversy came out it was just like oh that's that's what heroes do don't worry about it <laughs> i mean
2: he's a playboy for a reason like
3: yeah. But the he fact that Catwoman that. turned him down was also just so funny that she's so like, no. petty in this show compared to the other versions. Mm. Like she's always yeah. usually the tease, but like just how mm. not about anything she is. It's like, oh, tell me about the new man. He's alright. Like right. <laughs> right. no, you were dating Playboy billionaire oh. Bruce Wayne, like and he's gotta be ripped. He's fighting back hard oh, yeah. out there so like it can't be all oh, yeah. that bad.
2: Yeah. He must have lost his Bruce Wayne touch. He's got a little more into the Batman part. Just uh, discover himself again.
1: <laughs> well, it's always the question which one is the mask, Batman or Bruce Wayne. I mean, I stand say Bruce by, Wayne is the mask.
2: I stand by Bruce Wayne died in the alley that night and he's just an alter ego.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. Ooh. Well, Changing gears a little bit here. Um, I found myself relating to Harley a lot within these first three episodes, uh, especially with the Jurassic Park stuff we brought up earlier. But when she was fighting the android in the bathroom and they crash into one of the stalls and she's like, beat it, invisible kid. And he's like, "Uh, I'm imperceptible, man. And he darts and she says, he didn't wash his hands. I am 100% with you, Harley. I will shame anyone that I see not wash their hands and leave the restroom I remember when I was growing up and in church, a guy did that and I told everyone, do not shake hands with this man. He does not <laughs> oh, wash yeah, his hands true, after actually. he uses the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> not cool. Yeah. Not cool.
2: When, when you said that you related to Harley, my head went to like just the, the dire urge to wanting to beat the shit out of stupid people. But yeah. Because... <laughs> that too.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you also have talked... different mindsets there. Yeah. <laughs> You talked about that scene in the bathroom, and I loved her moment of, like, after she threw the first punch at him, she's like, wait, do androids pee? Like, once she figured out he was an android, it was like, wait, why are you at a urinal? You leaking oil? What's happening here? (laughs) Yeah was it oil about
2: lactating later
3: <laughs> yeah yeah
1: because i wondered i was like is this just a comic that i'm not f- or a comic book character i'm not familiar with that's like an android that runs on milk somehow because yeah even though <laughs> oil did look like rather milky i
3: was wondering what was going on there i was half expecting it to be like a luther bot or something I, i'm really surprised oh, okay. you didn't get luther in the villies at all right
1: but totally well,
2: like a saving face thing
1: Giancarlo Esposito is a very busy man, playing villains on pretty much every property these days. So hopefully he'll he'll show up in the latter half of the season. We will sh- we shall
3: see. Yeah, and I mean at the same time we didn't really need him because Joker's showmanship is always you know completely off the charts. The way they were like, I hate the dancers, but they're really good. Like that he had Harley dancers. It was it was a lot of fun. Like Joker do. <laughs> like joker do yeah
1: (laughs) uh all right uh any any final thoughts on the first three episodes of harley quinn season three
3: no it was it was a lot of fun for these first three episodes and as you say the words first three episodes do we know how many we're getting uh at this time we're told that we're
1: getting 10 episodes okay so I don't know if more will be revealed later, but at this time, it's a, a solid 10 at least.
3: All right.
1: Seven more weeks of the, fun. Let's go. Hell yeah. The other thing I noticed when I was doing some research for the show is that they're working on a spinoff series for Kite Man and Golden Glider called The Noonans. So I guess Kite Man's name is is Chuck Noonan. That's why they're calling it The Noonans. So uh, I guess the whole... Teams coming back for that one. It'll be interesting to see how that series develops.
3: Interesting because Kite Man is like a fun side character, but I don't know if he's more than a fun side character. I feel
2: like I want to just feel really sad for him, like I already do, <laughs> but I am feel like exceptionally.
3: Sad I for do him. think they're going to do it very redeemably. I think Golden Glider is going to point yeah. him in a good direction. They're going to maybe you know take him on a. He's going to evolve and become glider man Perhaps I could totally see it going in kind of the direction
1: Zuhair's thinking though, too. It might be the Bojack Horseman of the DC universe, where we're just like brokenhearted for this guy pretty regularly. Uh,
3: yeah. I but I'm not gonna spoil anything here, but I was pulling up like how many episodes we had and stuff, and I just saw the name of the next episode. And okay. it's something that happened in the trailer. I'm just I'm not ready for what we're going to have to talk about next week already. Oh, wow! like this show is obviously very raunchy. We had plenty of death. We had plenty of sex stuff to talk about, but like, sure. Just the title of the next episode alone, which I'm not going to spoil for anyone because I didn't want to know it. But now that I see it, I'm like, Oh, we're in for a doozy next week. So (laughs) be ready for that one, folks. Prepare yourselves,
1: prepare yourselves. All right. Well, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, we are a little over an hour, so it's a good time to kind of call it. I will open the floor up to you guys to let the people know what is going on in your neck of the woods. What you got?
2: Uh, in regards to upcoming content, uh, Scoots already talked about the DC Super Pets. Hopefully we can watch that soon and come together to chat about it. But on top of that, Dragon Ball Super Superheroes Heroes is coming out in a couple of weeks. So definitely going to try to get some more anime coverage back up on here. And in terms of guests, I finally got invited to Captain Game Show with, uh, hosted by John Irons was a super fun time. Had a couple other pandas on there. Uh, so please check that out and yeah, I'm trying to keep things a little more quiet on my end. So that's all I got for you today.
1: Sounds good. We'll look forward to that entry of Captain Game Show and hopefully it's just a matter of time before we have John Irons himself on the show.
2: Yeah, everywhere you find your podcast, check them out on social media too.
3: And speaking of social media, that's my perfect time to come in and say, as always, follow us on all of our socials. Uh, Twitter and Twitter is Animation live One. Instagram and Facebook are just Animation Deliberation. That's where I'm putting up all of our content, announcements for every episode. Great way to share to your friends if you want to do anything like that and as of right now that's all i have going on because i agree i'm trying to keep things quiet for now but there are some things coming down the pipeline as well so we're getting excited for more content to come we're in that kind of weird lull right now where there's not a lot going on and i'm happy about it there's no movies no marvel shows no star wars shows i could just focus on this and have it be mindless and it's great so
2: Oh, I'm playing catch up right now, so I envy you, my friend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that
3: enjoy is, it while it lasts. Oh, for the I, content is a coming. Once I get a job, I'm sure things will totally change at that point. <laughs> of but, course. Uh, yeah, that's that's all for me, Jay Scotty. What do you have going on?
1: Yeah, I just wanted to kind of piggyback off of the social media call there um, last week on our coverage of Comic Con 2022, San Diego Comic Con 2022. Uh, we discussed what if season two, and Andrew had a great prompt that I'd like to reiterate here. If you have an idea for a what-if scenario, uh, please let us know what you're thinking on any of our social medias. Podcast at gmail.com is a great place to send it. You can even send it as an audio file if you choose. Um, and I'll also ask, get what else are you watching? What are we not talking about that you're watching and enjoying? Just let us know. Um, I, for one, one that I haven't brought up is that Primal Season 2, also on HBO Max, has debuted its first three episodes, and that's a show that I always get a lot of enjoyment out of. Uh, Hopefully there's an opportunity to cover it on this show at some point in time, but can't make any promises right now. Beyond that, uh, I mentioned with Harvey Guillen voicing Nightwing, he is currently starring in FX on Hulu's What We Do in the Shadows, which uh, is airing its fourth season currently, and that's a lot of fun to cover with Karen Huffstetler on PandaVision. So check that out wherever you get your podcast, and that's it for me. So as always, thanks so much for tuning in.
2: And lastly, before I forget, um, speaking of sending in questions, we have a date for the Concert Master of Bob Burgers. Uh, so if there's any questions that you have about music in cinema or TV or sound effects or anything of that sort, feel free to uh, send it our way to the Animation Deliberation Podcast at gmail.com so that we can ask on your behalf.
3: Right on. Well, one more time. Thanks for tuning in.
2: <laughs> Stay whelmed.
3: And until our fun episode next week, muscle muscle. Thank you for listening to the Animation Deliberation Podcast,
2: a proud member of the Stranded Panda Network. If you would like to contact us, you can email animationdeliberationpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at animationdelib1. For this and other great shows, you can visit Strandapanda.com or join the great community that is the Strandapanda Chat Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups svchat. Tune in next time and remember, stay whelmed.
0: This episode is made possible by PwC. The future calls for digital transformation you can trust. That's why The New Equation is business-led and cloud-forward, using secure technologies to drive tax-efficient solutions for today and tomorrow. It's how people and technology work together to transform transformation. See how The New Equation is building trust and security with the latest tech at thenewequation.com. This episode is made possible by PwC. When you bring together human ingenuity, passion, and experience with the latest technology, the future starts to look a whole lot smarter, which is why The New Equation is meeting the future of work today with ProEdge. Digitally upskill your entire organization to keep ahead of the curve and drive growth. Learn more at thenewequation.com. This episode is made possible by PWC the future calls for digital transformation you can trust that's why the new equation is business-led and cloud-forward using secure technologies to drive tax-efficient solutions for today and tomorrow it's how people and technology work together to transform transformation see how the new equation is building trust and security with the latest tech at thenewequation.com. this episode is made possible by pwc when you bring together human ingenuity, passion and experience with the latest technology, the future starts to look a whole lot smarter, which is why The New Equation is meeting the future of work today with ProEdge. Digitally upskill your entire organization to keep ahead of the curve and drive growth. Learn more at thenuequation.com. This episode is made possible by PWC. The future calls for digital transformation you can trust. That's why The New Equation is business-led and cloud-forward, using secure technologies to drive tax-efficient solutions for today and tomorrow. It's how people and technology work together to transform transformation. See how The New Equation is building trust and security with the latest tech at thenewequation.com.